I'm Jason Ariola, and this is Rock Out With Your Card Out. In this episode, we are going to be covering Space Manbo. Space Manbo was developed by Konami for the MSX and released sometime in 1990. It came out on the Japanese Wii and Wii Virtual Console November 24th, 2009, and February 19th, 2014, respectively, as well as Japanese mobile phones in September 2006. And it never was officially released outside of Japan. Uh, there is one other semi-release, with the first stage being unlockable on the DS Gambare Goemon game. If you have Kesakusan, Gambare, Goemon 1 and 2 in the Game Boy Advance slot as well, so effectively only making it playable on the original DS and the DS Lite. Uh, graphically, that version is identical to the original, but has enhanced sound, and I'm not sure what specifically is different. There might be something at the end of this episode that we'll be listening to that might be from that version, but for the life of me, I couldn't really figure it out. So anyway, Space Mambo originally started off as a port of the arcade game Thundercross, but ended up being its own unique title. You control a ship in the shape of a mambo fish, more tall than long, one of those weird kind of looking fish. And it's a rather impressive looking 8-bit side-scrolling shooter with a very vibrant color palette that the MSX is capable of producing. But we're not here to talk about how this thing looks, we're talking about how it sounds. And the three composers responsible for the sounds on this one are Yuji Takadoichi, Michiru Yamane, and Tsuyoshi Sekito. Takanoichi worked on a game I just recently covered, Metal Gear 2 Solid Snake. He started working at Konami in 1989, and while there worked on SD Snatcher, Nemesis, a voice on the Super Nintendo version of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters, Crypt Killer, and Tokimeki Memorial Puzzle Drama being one of the last things he worked on at Konami. Uh, from there, he'd work with Sony from software and a couple of other places uh, before going freelance. Before going freelance, though, he'd work on Mad Maestro, Sky Gunner, Ace Combat X, Skies of Deception, Demon Souls, Dark Souls, Steel Battalion, Heavy Armor, that so well-received Kinect game, Dark Souls 2, D4, Dark Dreams Don't Die, Project Cross Zone 2, and The Missing, J.J. Macfield and the Island of Memories. Michiro Yamane doesn't need much of an introduction on this podcast, I would imagine, but we'll go through it anyway, because a quick look at the game she's worked on reads like the best of the best list of video game soundtracks. She started working part-time for Konami in 1988. Uh, she was in her fourth year of college and teaching at the same time. She didn't feel like teaching really was a good fit for her, so she applied for a job she saw at her college recruitment office that was available at Konami and got it. She worked on over 40 games during her 20-year tenure at Konami, with some of the bigger hits being SD Snatcher, Nemesis for the Game Boy, Sparkster, Suikin in 4, a few Goemon games, Wild West Cowboys of Moo Mesa, and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Follow the Foot Clan. That's a uh, Game Boy game. Then there's her Castlevania credits. Bloodlines, Symphony of the Night, Harmony of Dissonance, Lament of Innocence, Aria of Sorrow, Dawn of Sorrow, 
Curse of Darkness, Portrait of Ruin, The Dracula X Chronicles, and Grimoire of Souls. More recently, she's probably best known for Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, which, for all the world, sounds very similar to Symphony of the Night. She went freelance in 2008 and is still composing music for movies, commercials, TV, and anime, and video games as well. Even after her departure for Konami, she still contributes to the sparse few Castlevania games that have come out since then. Uh, since going freelance, some of the more notable titles she's worked on are Skullgirls, Amplitude, Monster Boy in the Cursed Kingdom, the aforementioned Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, as well as Bloodstained Curse of the Moon. Next up is Siyoshi Sekito. Sekito started working at Konami sometime in the late 1980s. During his time there, he would work on Motocross Maniacs, something else Yamane worked on as well, SD Snatcher, TMNT 2, Back from the Sewers, the sequel to the Game Boy 1, Lethal Enforcers 2, Gunfighters, and Tiny Toon Adventures, Buster's Hidden Treasure for the Genesis. In 1995, he started working for Square Enix, where he still works today. He would work on Brave Fencer Musashi, the Wonderswan color versions of Final Fantasy 2 and Front Mission, Final Fantasy Origins, Romancing Saga, the DS version of Final Fantasy 3, Dissidia, the DS version of Chrono Trigger, Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep, Theatra Rhythm, Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy Explorers, The Third Birthday, Bravely Second, The Secret of Mana Remake, Kingdom Hearts 3, and the Final Fantasy 7 Remake. Alright, well that's enough of the history lesson there, let's get to the music, shall we? First up is the opening theme, and that is entitled Beyond the Darkness. I think the thing I like about this one the most is that it starts off with this real menacing sound and then transitions to not what you would expect of, you know, your 
ship effectively launching, you know, this kind of high-flying, victorious sound, it's got a little bit more of a chill vibe to it, which was kind of unexpected the first time I heard it. I was like, oh, that wasn't really the transition I would have made in my head if I was, you know, listening to this for the first time and thinking like, oh, okay, well, that isn't where this was going. So, yeah, or isn't where I thought it was going. Anyway, next up we're going to listen to is the first stage theme, and that is called Battleship. Again, not as energetic as you would expect for a first stage theme. Um, the soundtrack, I think, this is one of the reasons why I like it so much now, is it does things a little bit differently than most shooters. Again, we've talked about this before where a lot of shooters, they have this sort of thematic progression, basically. You know, it starts off, you know, kind of pushing you out the door a little bit, giving you a nice little bit of encouragement. Then about halfway through the game, it changes up to like eh, a little bit more intimidating right before it gets towards the end it starts to sound a little bit more slow but at the same time some confidence you know that thing i've talked about before where it's like all right things are things are getting hard but you've got this you've got it under control just take your time get it figured out watch what you're doing and you'll be okay and anyway there's not a lot of that in the soundtrack there's a lot of different stuff here and i kind of appreciate that it's throwing me for a little bit of a loop the first time I listened to this. I was like, oh, okay, man, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different thematic stuff going on here, and I kind of dig it, so yeah. Anyway, moving on, we're going to listen to the boss theme, and that is entitled Hydra.
that's a little bit more what I would have expected from a shooter boss theme. I don't want to say that's a little typical, but you know, you kind of get the feeling of a little like frantic pace to it. And goddamn, if Konami doesn't have a very distinct house style at times for shooters, you know, I'll kiss your ass. Like, you know, this wasn't made by really anybody who had worked on a Gradius game, but it sure as hell can sound like a Gradius game at times. <laughs> anyway, moving on to the next one, and that is Providence, and that is the second stage theme. Now, this is more what I would have expected from, like, the first stage theme. You know, there's definitely that kind of peppy feel to it, again, that you would sort of expect out of a Gradius game. And definitely some, I don't want to say, again, house-style inspiration taken from Gradius for this, but this one definitely kind of sounds in that vein. Personally, I probably would have juxtaposed these two, but maybe in the stage, the way the actual stages play, this would have... This is a better fit. I don't know. I haven't played this because, one, I don't have an MSX. Two, this game is ridiculously expensive at this point. And three, I just haven't bothered to emulate an MSX game before outside of Metal Gear and Metal Gear 2. Like, even then, it was just a very... No, I think the only one I really... No, I never bothered Metal Gear 2. It was only Metal Gear. And that was, um, you know, on the... I think it was on the Vita that I... When I was playing the Metal Gear H... Yeah, HD collection or whatever it was. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Let's go ahead and listen to Aquarium. And that is the third stage theme.
Another strange one. For the life of me, I would not expect this out of a shooter. But then when you piece it together with the title Aquarium, you sort of do get that vibe of going through like a fishbowl, effectively. Like, it's really weird. Like, I could imagine listening to this and, you know, walking through the aquarium section in my, I guess, local biopark or, yeah, um, where, you know, you go through a tunnel, basically, and it's, there's the glass thing that above you. And there's sharks and other fish swimming through. Like, I could picture sort of doing that sort of thing to this. So, I guess Aquarium sort of works for it. It's, a, again, a little bit slower than I would have expected from a shooter. But, all in all, it you know it really works as far as, like, striking an image in my brain goes. So, there's that. You know, again, this is the, the soundtrack's doing a lot of heavy lifting for me as far as painting a picture. Because it's really a few screenshots of this game that I've seen out and that have really sort of... Um, given me any sort of mental image as to what this game actually looks and plays like. And again, it's colorful as hell. It looks really, really pretty. And the soundtrack for it is sort of just filling in a lot of the gaps there because, yeah, I've never seen this thing in action. So I'm going to have to rectify that one of these days. Anyway, next up is Parallel Space, and that's the fourth stage theme. damn that's good you know a lot of the more gradius themed styled type stuff tends to stick with me a little bit more in the soundtrack but i do appreciate the let's say variety in styles for this one it really this is a really great soundtrack and it's kind of sad that you know this thing has just kind of been it's just forgotten effectively like the only real mention i've seen of this has been hardcore gaming 101 and that kurt Kalata, the head guy over at Hardcore Gaming 101 covered this thing like years ago at this point. So, yeah. Anyway, let's go ahead and let's move on to the next one. And that is Zone 5150. And that is the fifth stage theme.
if you're unaware, a 5150 or 5150, to rhyme with popo, uh, is a uh, involuntary psychiatric commitment, basically, <laughs> of someone who, it basically just kind of shorthand for crazy. My first exposure to it was the Easy e uh, EP, oh god, what was it, uh, 5150 Home for the Sick, and yeah, god, that came out when I was like 13 or 12 or something like that, and I think it was probably about eighth grade that I heard it. So, yeah. But anyway, uh, I don't think this one really strikes me as uh, crazy sounding or anything. But, I mean, I, there had to be a little zeitgeist with that, too, because Van Halen had an album, I believe, 5150. It sounds familiar. But anyway, so what we're going to do is move on and just ignore uh, my trying to figure out what the hell, like why they called this one that one uh, or that title and move on to Dust, 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 which is the sixth stage theme. See, I get a little bit more of a manic feel from this one, and maybe that's why I think like this one would have been the better uh, Zone 5150, but yeah. And it does sort of get along with it being almost near the end of the game there. It starts getting getting you into that sort of panic mode a little bit. I would have expected this more, eh, say, in the middle, I guess, maybe a couple stages back as far as feel goes. But again, the soundtrack does do things a little bit differently than the normal like thematic progression for a shooter that I have kind of learned that happens a lot. Anyway, we're just going to go ahead and move on to the next one, and that is Fire Warning, and that is the seventh stage theme.
this is one of the exceptions to the rule as far as thematic stuff goes. Uh, you know, it does have that frantic feel to it, but at the same time has a little bit more of a slow pace as well, giving you that little bit of confidence I think you need. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, things are getting crazy, but you got this. Don't worry about it. All right, let's move on to a track that is for the Warp demo, which I'm not really sure what that is, and is titled Psychopathy. Catchy little ditty, don't know what it really is for though, but yeah, all in all good stuff. So let's move on to the next stage theme, and that is the eighth stage theme, and that is entitled Brilliance. I really like the sound effect at the end there. <laughs> I'm not really sure that's why it's in there in the first place, but hey, it kind of works. I occasionally will find the, let's say, pure versions of the soundtrack with just the, uh, you know, just the music, and then occasionally I will stumble upon these with the, um, like, sound effects thrown in, and sometimes I think the sound effects being thrown in kind of helps paint a picture a little bit, and I kind of feel like that was the case here. So, yeah. Anyway, moving on to the next one, and that is Moan, and that is the final boss theme. That sound effect definitely lets you know when the boss fight is over in this instance. Um, yeah. 
all in all, good stuff. I really like that last boss theme. I think it's a good way to go out. So we've got a couple more tracks here to go through. And the first one up is the ending theme, which is entitled Memoir.
I really hope nothing happened to your uh, space mambo fish spaceship because, um, yeah, it, it sounds like at the same time a little, you know, like reflective, but also at the same time sad and um, depressing. So, yeah, I really hope nothing happened to the uh, the space mambo because, yeah, just just the ridiculous image of somebody designing a spaceship that is a mambo fish in space is like, yeah, I mean, I could kind of see, you know, you flip it sideways but the way it looks is it's supposed to be tall, not long. So it's vertical and not horizontal. Although axes in space are probably a little bit of a complicated matter, but whatever, we're not going to get into that because my math is not great. So anyway, uh, here's a disappearance, which is the game over theme, which is very brief. Fairly dark sounding, definitely letting you know that uh, you you done fucked up and your uh, your mambo fish in space is now dead. Yeah, so. Anyway, uh, now, I'm not sure where these next two tracks are from. They're labeled as the first and sixth stage themes in one place, but I can't find out for the life of me where they come from, for sure. So, my assumption is that they're the enhanced music from the Goemon DS Unlockable game, but I don't know for certain. So, anyway, we're going to listen to the first one, which is the which is called Coloring, and it is the first stage theme. So, I'm just going to put it down in the track listing in the show notes as uh, first stage alternate.
Something I'm really fond of with this one is just how much longer it is than the original first stage theme without it really having a loop. My only beef is for some ungodly reason, there's a section in this song that I'll play right here. That reminds me of the Mary Tyler Moore Show theme. Now, I wouldn't expect a lot of people to know this off the top of their heads, especially if you're younger than me, which, you know, probably a good chunk of my audience. So I'll just go ahead and play that part of that right here. It's very literally just those few notes there, just that you might just make it after all. Yeah, that part. I, oh God, I'm really putting myself out there by singing for half a second there. <laughs> and I'm uh, going to infinitely probably regret doing that. But anyway, yeah, so there's that. Uh, like I said, I don't feel like it's a ripoff or anything. It just feels like just that series of notes just really just stuck in my head immediately of like, oh, that's the Mary Tyler Moore theme thing. What the hell? Okay, yeah. I, brains are weird, aren't they? I, I know like a lot of People will be like, oh, well, you know, the stuff my brain decides to keep, but that's pretty much everybody's brain. Just the weird random shit that stays in your head for some reason. So anyway, we're going to move on to the last little bit of music here we're going to listen to, and that is the sixth stage alternate theme, and that is Sacrifice.
All right, and that'll wrap that up. And again, for the life of me, I can't figure out what the correlation with these uh, tracks are on these things because it's just they don't really match the sixth stage and the first stage themes at all. So I just I'm just assuming they're alternate versions and somehow got thrown into this uh, soundtrack. I, I I don't I don't know, but they're in there, so let's just go with it. And thematically, they kind of blend in pretty well with it. So I just assume that it's part of the soundtrack because yeah, every the one place I found it is definitely with this, and it's the first and second track of that CD. But I didn't want to throw these alternate versions in there at first. So yeah. Anyway, uh, that'll wrap up this episode of Rock Out With Your Card Out. I, I gotta apologize for it taking so long to get this out. Um, if you've been uh, following along with the adventures of Jason, which is uh, dull and uninteresting by a long shot, I have been recovering from shoulder surgery, and I seem to be in the middle of my shoulder freezing, which is basically um, the muscles or tendons or something in your shoulder just... or. I forget exactly what, but basically hardening and it makes it very difficult to move and incredibly painful. It, um, let's just say this has been more painful than before my shoulder surgery and pretty much worse than it was like after the first like week after my surgery. So this has uh, definitely been a little rough and it's been hard. This is the first break I've gotten out of it in the last few week or two, so that's why I haven't recorded, because I just haven't had the mental and emotional wherewithal to do it, because I just sit there and just not cry myself to sleep every night, but um, yeah, it's just a lot of pain, and it's just uh, tough to deal with, and I don't really want to sit there and record a podcast, and as I'm saying this, it's starting to uh, uh, hurt again, so I'm probably trying to wrap this up a little bit, but I will I will do my damnedest to catch us back up as far as episodes go. I know went nearly two weeks without an episode, but I will I will have that rectified because there is a game that came out on the 14th, which I will be uh, celebrating its anniversary for, and also there's going to be the Rowie Code, which I have been uh, putting together. What's uh what's the Rowie Code? Well, that's the Rocket With Your Card Out Dream Events, which are Patreon exclusives. If you want to catch those, you can go to patreon.com slash gamesjunk and kick in $3. For that, you will get the bonus episodes of Rocket With Your Card Out, which you know, are the dream events, which I just mentioned the bonus segments on multimedia failure, my video game movie podcast, and you will get all the podcasts we do here on games and junk at a higher quality audio rate and in a handy catch all feed. Can't do $3. You can do a dollar and you'll actually get a bonus episode of multimedia failure. That was us streaming the, um, Frankie Muniz classic stay alive. Um, yeah, it was, um, it was something. It was something. So yeah, for, for a whole buck, you can get that. And I think, uh, yeah, I think for a dollar, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely a fun time. You can, so what we did is we streamed the movie on discord together. Yeah, we're on discord too. So if you, uh, if you want to come onto our discord, let me know, just shoot me a message on Twitter or, um, on Patreon and I'll uh, invite you to our discord. And if you donate at certain or any tier, you'll get a nice little roll. Um, not really so much a role because you don't really get any extra privileges outside of posting with a different color for your hacker alias yes we're going by hacker alias for this because um yeah horribly unoriginal on my end so yeah go over to patreon.com slash games junk and go do that and also if you want to really kick in some money and get a little more a little more bang for your buck you can have me uh give you a thank you on the air and the people who do that for five dollars a month are Vanessa Cahill, John Lucero, Alex Messenger, Josh Carpenter, Eric, and Nathan Cooper. So I gotta thank you guys for um 
it's sticking with me through this because yeah, while the shoulder thing has been a real bear to deal with, I appreciate no one has dropped off on this yet. <laughs> so yeah, like I said, I will make it up to you with this podcast because um, I've got something planned for the 14th and the uh, dream event is basically all planned out. I just need to sit down and record it, which I think I can probably swing on Sunday. So yeah, anyway, uh, that'll wrap up this episode again. Just want to thank you for sticking with me and uh, your patience while um, it feels like somebody jammed a thing of rebar through my shoulder and most of the muscles surrounding it. So yeah, that's been fun. Anyway, thanks for listening and I will talk to you next time. Great! I knew that groove was in your heart.